welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride the hype train into the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Jeff. What's going on? My name's Jeff. My name is Jeff. Hey, how's it going? That's <laughs> going good, man. And we have Silver. What's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. How's it going? I am highly caffeinated, if you can't tell. I got a little bit of a sunburn going on because, uh, yeah, my car decided to uh, not be a good thing. It was a bad creature. Bad Autobot. This is why I always go, de- always go Decepticon. Decepticons will never leave always you dry. Always go Decepticon. I don't, I don't agree, but okay. <laughs> if you okay. don't, ag- if you don't agree, it, it's all right. You know, I guess, I guess Autobots are okay. They got Dinobots, so, so. Uh, right now, we don't have any error and omissions this week, at least from the current cast. So that's awesome. So we're going to skip right on into that, and we're going to go into in our queue. Silver, you got something to talk about. Oh, always have something to talk about. Would it involve cutting of feet? Uh, feet? Feet, hands, you name it. Parts of your skull, you know, Razor blades. Your yeah. eyeball. Yeah, any of the above. Just name something. It's probably coming Sil- off. Silver, I... do you wanna do you wanna play a game with us? Of course, of course. Um, I finally got around to finishing the last four Saw movies. Even suffered through um, Saw th- uh, the final chapter. <sighs> so okay, let, let me just say one through six. Great movies. Greatly exceeded my expectations. They the storyline was excellent. Even though I really didn't like the um successor all too much but uh, seven like that's that's the one i can't stop talking about because it went from these great you know you know well well written stories well uh really well directed the special effects were fantastic to is that a bucket of paint on his face you know it like i i you know, a little bit of blood splatter, they wipe it away, and it's pink. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how blood works. You should know from the last seven movies what is going on here. That's not how blood do. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot how to blood. And it's like it's so painfully obvious that they made it for the 2010 3D trend. And uh, I, I'm assuming, cause, like I didn't see it in theaters, that the reason that it was so bright was for the dark-colored 3D glasses. But it's like they could have at least had like a, a better edited version for uh home release. So that was a letdown. But like number 7 did have kind of a a redeeming factor and that was the very end. I was just about to say that okay. the very very right. end uh like the whole movie were like, "Oh my god, why are we still watching this?" and then like the last like 5 10 minutes were like, "Okay, that was worth it." That uh, just mm-hmm. made up for everything, but out of all of them um Number one is still the best, but as far as the sequels, I think my favorite is probably uh, four or six. Okay. I really liked four. I can go with that. Yeah. uh, Number two is still my favorite. Really? Really? Yeah, I like the house. Really? Is it just because of the house, though? Although I'll admit, just because of the house. One reason I liked six was because I got a really sick thrill out of the carousel. So uh, I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) I have this thing for messed up carnivals so i was like this is a great idea 
I'm going to level with you guys. I only watched the first three, and then I stopped. And the thing is, is because it just got weirder and weirder with Jigsaw dying and then still being able to do all this crap from the grave. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. (laughs) But like, if it left me, okay, like it's it's just it's hard for me. It's hard for me to go back, especially with the first one being as good as it was and just being one of those things that really pulls you in and doesn't have all the gore because it's pg-13 everything else is r and so it has to really make you think a lot more than just gore you out you know i can i can see that. it plays a lot more with the brain or with with your your thought process of everything so like cool. the cast before the cast uh damien and i were talking about like how him and i differ in our <laughs> horror preferences and i'm more of like a psychological guy and so I think that's why the the first one was so good to me because it's all about that last scene and just that build up to that last scene and it it leaves you with goosebumps and chills like oh my god he was just there the whole time wow but like it never it never really lived up uh for me at least in the and the other iterations. Maybe if I go back and watch it now, it could. But I also did that with The Ring recently. And uh, see, those ones I didn't care yeah. for. But I don't know. Like, I got that psychological, like, oh, like, what, what the hell's going on? Oh, my God, that la- the just the ending was awesome kind of thing out of all of them. So, but I am with you on the whole psychological thing. I love psychological horror, um, which is really why I didn't bother with Saw in the first place, because I don't like gore. But when it came down to it, like, I was so fascinated by the traps and the ideas behind them that the rest of it just kind of, you know, faded faded out. You know, I didn't even hardly notice the gore because I was too busy thinking about, you know, why they were in that situation. And that part mm-hmm. just really fascinated me. Jigsaw, uh, John Kramer as a character, I am absolutely in love with like true psycho right there like Hannibal Lecter's here John Kramer's like here could you imagine a film where if they were in the same universe they cross paths or anything of that fact it'd be like Freddy versus Jason but better <laughs> realistic yeah a lot less uh 1970s and 80s cheesy but might still be able to get a good video game out of it ooh ooh that would be Mm-hmm. The whole time I was, a, sorry, go ahead. The whole time I was watching them, I was thinking, man, this would be a great game. I was like, oh my god, they did make games, but they're they not did. on. They're not. They're not on um, backwards compatibility, and I'm like, I'm not gonna go out and find them and break out my 360 when they're not even that great. Don't, don't even bother. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like to see something like that done, like The Evil Within or Until Dawn, or actually an Until Dawn uh, style game would be amazing. Uh, yeah, if they let tel- or Telltale mm-hmm. or just have Telltale take it, uh, take okay. the idea. That would be good. That would be good too. Yeah, that would actually probably get a little more like because Telltale has been having some hard times with uh, with critics with some of their their recent things, and so that would be like the Gardens of the Galaxy is not doing too well Mm-mm. critically. Like I. I the the first one the first one was great and then everything out the ones that have come after that it's just been downhill it's it doesn't feel 
doesn't have that emotion to, behind it as like you get with the uh, with like the uh, the this, some of the earlier stuff. Even the, the Jurassic Park when they did Jurassic Telltale's started out doing Jurassic Park, and that came out as a disc full disc copy before they did the episodic with the Walking Dead stuff. That one was great. Okay, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens with the soft reboot uh, coming out with Jigsaw uh, in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So it might, you know, grab some developers' attentions or attention or uh, even come out with some more sequels. We'll see what happens. So next up we have Jeff. Uh, you were running around in a circle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a social network called The Circle. Ooh. Now- Is this like MySpace? It's more a little bit like a Google Plus meets a take everything and put it into one account. So, okay. So, Google, mm. yeah. So Google. it's Apple. Uh, Apple, Google, Facebook, <laughs> whatever. Uh, an amalgamation of all of those put together. It, so this was a pretty good, uh, pretty good movie. It got torn apart uh, by all of the all of the critics and it, it's kind of sad and I can kind of see why it did. It has a great cast. It has uh, Tom Hanks. It has Pat Oswald. It has uh, Boyega in there. It has, uh, Oh, what's her name? Why am Hermione. I Hermione? Hermione. Yeah. Hermione and Karen Gillian. It like it's, it's a star studded cast. Basically, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, do you mean John Boyega? John Boyega, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. It, it has a lot of good people in it, and I think the reason why it did so bad was because it's a pretty controversial virtual message, especially with what the climate is politically right now. It deals with a lot of putting everything together and also having a lot of people uh, every uh, a lot of cameras everywhere, and so you're being watched the whole time. So the acting was good, but I felt really uneasy watching it. It I didn't agree with it all the time, but then I could also see like oh, like I could see where they're going, but yeah, I like my privacy as well. So it's a little. Uh, it's a little hard, a pill hard to swallow. If you look at it with an open mind, you could probably like it. Um, if you're willing to check it out and feel a little uneasy and watch it, you'll like it. But if you don't like tones that seem like they're pretty heavy-handed politically, then don't. Would you say that it's on par with like the uh, with some of the Tom Hanks other films, the ones that were? Uh, let's see, the religious-based ones. I'm sorry. Would you say like it's uh uh in in like on par with the uh oh man what were they the the religious-based the novel ones uh that Tom Hanks did? Are you talking about like Cloud Cloud Atlas or not Cloud? Well, not Cloud Atlas, but the uh uh the Dan Brown ones. Yes, thank like you. An- oh, Angels okay. And Demons yes, and... yes, Angels, Demons, all those. It, God, no, no, I I wouldn't put it in the same boat as that, uh, because I mean, that one you're dealing with a lot of like the church and all all okay. of that and a lot of lore. This one's not 
really dealing with with that and uh it's i don't i don't know that's kind of a hard question to answer okay yeah go ahead like the ones that Damien was just talking about, is the circle based on a novel? It is. It is actually yeah. based off of a novel as well. And I I kind of want to read it now. Just watching this movie, I kind of want to see where the book was going with the message. And maybe that will open it up a little bit more for me. Uh, who's the novel by? I'm not 100% sure. I don't have that information up uh, for me. Right See, this, this actually recent me, uh, I don't even know what I just was trying to say. Uh, I made up my own word. What this reminds me of is one of the episodes of Black Mirror when they were doing, what was I forget the name of it, but it was with all the phones and everything's like, everything's connected and how yeah. that can affect the downward spiral of someone. Oh, I didn't get likes, so now I'm not allowed to have credit or this. That yeah. was that. When I saw that ep- or the episode of Black Mirror, I said, "Hey, it was this like this is just like that movie that's coming out. What they do expand it out." So yeah, uh, it's also kind of like the one where they can record their memories uh, yes, with their yes. eyes. And that episode actually has the new Doctor in it. Uh, so I need to rewatch that to kind of get a feel for her. <laughs> Two things: the novels by uh, Dave Eggers. Second, you're talking about, you know, recording with the eyes reminds me of the Futurama episode with the iPhones. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> this, I mean, it's a, an issue that has been brought up a lot in a lot of different uh, media. And this one takes a pretty heavy stand on it being a good thing at the end. Really? Yeah. Okay. See, I did not get that at all from the from the trailers. Yeah, it. I I know that I. I'm sorry. I should have probably said spoiler alert there, but it's it's a good ride. Okay. Just, just I'll probably check it out. I, I mean, more than likely because there's a lot of other things I want to rent. Mm-hmm. I'll probably wait for this to come to Netflix or HBO, something like that. But it's definitely something that I'll keep. I'll keep in my queue. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because I, I say that I think that it just made it was a hard pill to swallow because there's the critics that gave it a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm, and then you go mm-hmm. and you look at the user review, uh, the user reviews as well, and it's at a 22%. Yikes. So, I mean, both users and critics did not like this movie. Okay. But since it had such a star studded cast, that's why me and my wife watched it, and we ended up being okay with it in the end like you don't have to agree with the message of something to realize that it's still a pretty decent movie okay so on a scale one to ten what would you rate this movie i'd give it a 7.5 i mean it was stomachable for me it was stomachable for me and i I, it was filmed well it gave gave its message it was fluent and fluid uh so, so there wasn't a lot of lulls. It just, I mean, the story just kept progressing. See, with me, I don't care if there's lulls. If there's okay. something that is going on, mm-hmm. uh, it so it's a story. If it's if so, what you're saying is like, you know, if it's story building, you're okay with it. Exactly. If it if it's just like something that's going on far over, then yeah, of course I'm not going to like that. But if it's just here, if it's just there, that's fine. 
Like if it's going with the story, that's great. So next up, that's changing changing quite a bit from what we were just talking about. One being heavy handed to one being a lighthearted but kind of twisted in itself. You just found Rick and Morty. I just discovered Rick and Morty, and I absolutely love this show. I don't know why it took me so long to actually start watching it, but I guess it was the fervor of everybody being so excited that it was doing its third, it was starting its third season, uh, that I was like, okay, finally, I, I have Hulu, I can watch this. So I watched the first two seasons, and first episode started having me just like crack up so much. The thing is, is that I, I guess I had the stigma in my head that Adult Swim makes stupid shows. Mm-hmm. Just stupid shows. I think of like Squid Billies. I think of Sea Lab. I think of... Uh, Aquatine Hunger Force. Yeah, Aquatine. They're good. <laughs> they're funny, but they're not substantial in any way, you know? Yeah. Except yeah. to make you laugh. But Rick and Morty is completely mold-breaking for Adult Swim, I think. It's, oh, it is. It's it's amazing. It's created its own genre. I mean, hell, they had speaker tags for Astros at PAX last year for Rick and Morty. You could only get at PAX. That's awesome. The it thing is, is, it was amazing. The thing is, is absolutely every... Okay, so they're now, uh, upon recording, there are 34 episodes up. Uh, or, or, sorry, 24 episodes 24 episodes available and the thing is is that they they're all bangers like they're all good in their own Mm -hmm. uh, like for everything that they do it's kind of like going and watching south park how it is now where there's actually a storyline going through everything everything is connected and it feels fluid like i was talking about the circle it needs fluidity and that's why i like it silver for me, uh, Rick and Morty is the only one that Adult Swim has ever put out that is uh, as funny as Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, you know, the the major titles that everybody's uh, watched for years. And, like, they, they show those on Adult Swim, but they're, they're not theirs. Yeah. And Rick and Morty's the only one for me that is on par with those. So I got some trivia for you on Rick and Morty. Okay. So they are really – the creators of Rick and Morty are really good friends with the creator of a Disney show. Gravity Falls. Yes, yes. Have you? So you've caught the references to Gravity Falls then in Rick and Morty. I have not because I haven't watched Gravity Falls yet, which I need oh to. Oh, my God. How – oh, my Same God. Here. Gravity Falls, it's amazing, and it takes place in Boring, Oregon. I know. Oh, the, oh wow! Really? I does. used to yes. live in boring it Oregon. Uh, yeah, I need because, now. I need to watch it even more. Yeah, because what happened was is he drove. So the 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 maker of Gravity Falls drove through boring Oregon on a trip on a road trip, and that's why you see all the things in the beginning of of it. You see all these different scenes from the Northwest. He compressed it all down to one small area called Gravity Falls, but Gravity Falls is based off of boring. So, that's I mean, so that's, cool. That's originally where I'm from. So it's like I, I, I was like, oh my god, this is that. That's cool. I actually didn't come into the show that show until way later because my son was like found it and got really hooked on it. And like he's got he's got the hat and all the other stuff. Jeff. So uh, the people that made Gravity Falls also made Star versus the uh, Forces of Evil, correct? Uh-huh. Yes. And yes. I've watched and Star versus okay. the Forces of Evil, and I now, love that show. So Stars versus versus. So if you watch her, there's connections between that as well. 
And now if you watch on that, like little, little things you'll find that they'll do. Like they, they put Bill in everything. Bill's like, he's in Rick and Morty. Like you'll see Bill in various things on that. You will know who Bill is later okay. on. He's he's a pure medieval bastard. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've only but, watched season one of Star. So, oh my god. Okay. Yeah, you got a lot. You got a lot to learn. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the it's so cool to see how they intertwine. You know, they're like, oh, we're on a different network. We're adult oriented, but we're gonna give nods to to our buddies over there. Well, the thing and, is, is that Rick and Morty and Star could actually meet because they're both interdimensional beings and they're Mm -hmm. bouncing around all the time so that would be kind of cool uh but i don't think that would ever happen yeah i I don't think disney will disney will go that way it would have to be like iterations (laughs) of each other to be able to actually do it yeah which it it would be cool it'd be like schmick and schmorty (laughs) hey you know it it gives reference so it could it, it could happen Reminds me, Gravity Falls is uh, in my queue on Hulu. I still need to watch that. It's only two seasons, so. I yeah. know. It, it is so good, and I wish it was more. It needs to come back. Honestly, if Star if Star says anything about it, I would love Gravity Falls as well. It's such, the characters in it are so, so fun. I've heard the story is great. It is, because everything's connected. Like A lot of times, cartoons will skip a lot of spaces in between. Mm-hmm. Gravity Falls does not. It's like, wham, bam, you're, we're continuing the story each episode. That's what I've heard. Oh, let's pause real quick. Hi, okay. YouTube. Hi. We're on YouTube. Yeah, oh. we're, we're live on YouTube, so say hello. Hello, YouTube. This is Geekologist Radio, and yeah. I am Damian Nash. <laughs> and I am Jeff. Howdy. Yes, Jeff. Very. Silver here. And we're missing a few people, but you know <laughs> the one that's getting us on here on YouTube right now—that would be the Fouts. Yes. Also the also the namer of names, <laughs> the taker of names as well. Oh God, yes. <laughs> the giver of so many names. <laughs> yeah. The giver of yeah. name yes. lord. Oh, although I heard I heard a certain Jeff was involved in that. No. Yeah, yeah, I came I up heard. with a few. Oh, well, yeah. it was amusing for me. That's all I care about. Every time I checked the chat, it was a different name, and it just it, it was a great day for me. <laughs> so next up, going away from Rick and Morty, uh, I got someone in here that can talk a little bit with me. So we're gonna do a, we're gonna kind of do like a kind of a roundout of Midnight Texas. Yes. So, you said that you would come back at me and have your reviews. Yeah. What do you think of Midnight Texas? Okay. I, for one, love it. Okay. So, if just for people that don't know where I'm coming from here, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, and I was kind of hesitant about it because Midnight Texas is made by the same people that made uh, or written by the same person that wrote True Blood. And so knowing how her style is, I didn't think that it could be done on NBC or on network television, but it's actually pretty good. Uh, It gives me that kind of supernatural feel uh, where it's a little more gritty and down to earth. Like the people are kind of more salt of the earth type people. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's it's really interesting to kind of see how how everybody interacts. I've only watched the two uh two episodes. I'm an episode behind. 
And right now, you can tell that it's in it. It's pretty good CG for being in its first season. Yes. Like, if you go back. The budget and whatnot. But the practical effects are freaking awesome. The acting is spot on and that's where you get you get to where you can kind of forgive some of the cg effects and stuff because because when you see if you watch the the little one-offs that they do afterwards talking about the practical effects and everything it's insane like i mean the 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 like the main ghost the female how they went in and they had her actually to have the water coming out of her mouth. They had a pipe going across into her into her mouth. That's and awesome. they had to CG that out so that she would constantly have water flowing from her mouth. Yeah, no, the ghosts look really great in it. And I think that it's kind of funny, like watching how the ghosts enter the uh, main character. I can't remember his name. Right Manfred. 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 Yes. How they enter Manfred reminds me of Supernatural so much because it's just smoke entering in through the mouth. Just like Supernatural, how a demon possesses a human. So there's even more reason to actually uh, put things together in it. Yeah. So the the third episode that you're that you're coming up on, it was called Lem- Lemuel Unchained. Lemuel Unchained? Yes. So that, this goes uh, That's the vampire, right? That is the vampire. Okay. Now, in this, it's a little bit of a difference. So Lem- Lemuel, all mostly known by Lem, that's probably why Yeah. Lemuel's his full name. He goes by Lem. We get his backstory. We find out how he became a vampire. We also find out how he's got the blue eyes and how they it's their telling of the vampiric lore of the vampires who can feed on emotion and things like that. Uh, it also, by telling the backstory of Lemuel, you get the backstory of Manfred's grandmother and his connection to Midnight. Nice. So, uh, does it go back to when she's younger, or is she still kind of older? It goes back to when she was really young. Like a baby? Not, not no, like not a baby, baby but like, like, a, like, a, like a later teen. Okay. That'd be and cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty. Uh, I mean, because basically this is what happens: a deadly nest of vampires arrive in midnight, eager to reunite with Lem. Manfred suspects there's more to their arrival and joins forces with Olivia. And that's the that's just like the little snippet you get of information on it without trying to go too deep into it with spoilers. There's a lot of vampire fighting, and it scratches the itch of the Lost Boys. You know, the Frog Brothers going at it. <laughs> I, that's how I felt watching this. When they when they start prepping, you can tell that the show writers are like, okay, all the towns prepping against these vampires. You can tell that they watched probably that scene of just that that segment of the Lost Boys over and over again because I'm like, yes, I can feel the Frog Brothers in this episode. This is great. It now, was, how feral are? Uh, I'm assuming that Lem is a little more prim and proper, refined. And, yeah, and refined than how vampires usually are. Uh, are they pretty feral in the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, they okay. are. They they are pretty feral. Um, it's a very, it's a very kind of cool backstory that they give it. So it it's definitely. I'll look forward to when you, when you get a chance to see this and any uh, listeners that hit, get a chance, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you know where to reach me at the end of the episodes. We always tell, let's sell that. Let me know what you guys are thinking of it. If you're watching along with us, because it is a 
it's it's a pretty kick-ass show. The next episode is called Sexy Beast. Ooh. Yeah, it's actually it's actually about Fouts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, it says so that so in episode four, this is what we got to look forward to. Manfred's ability to see the dead leads him to uncover an ancient supernatural who seduces and feeds on men. Bobo must confront the dangerous bikers who threaten to expose his past. So this is going to be Bobo's story then. This is going to, yeah, it's going to expose. Because so I want to know more about Bobo so bad. Because we don't know his supernatural abilities. Exactly. Yet. That's the thing. Except that we he's know, a badass. Yeah, that's he's a badass. That that's, yeah, that's all we know is that he's some form of badass. <laughs> so yeah. He's, he's going to wind up being Sasquatch or something, you know. It's going to be. <laughs> he's a were-ape. Were-ape. <laughs> well, we had the were-tiger. <laughs> I know. But uh, so moving on from from Midnight Texas, as hard as it is, I am going to go back in with a little more vampireness on to the original season two. I finished the first season, moved on to season two. The storyline is still really great with this. Like it it just it hits and they comp- the way that they they set it up and they roll with it. They did a bit of a time jump within it. So it takes place. I think it's about Three, th- between three and six months after the end of season one. And the episodes are great. Like, it's just, I can't believe I did, like, I just, I, I pushed it off. I was like, it's a CW. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Which now I'm finding that I have a lot of CW stuff to catch up on that I actually like. Riverdale, you you got me. You got me hooked. So I'm going back and watching Riverdale all the rest of your stuff. Riverdale is so good. It is. It is. Chris, we'll uh, talk more Riverdale when you get back. Uh, but yeah, the original I'm two episodes in and yeah, the storyline's great. It's setting up a lot of, a uh, lot of stuff, uh, now with the, the mother, of the, uh, and the bloodline of the vampires, the originals and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it's such a good, good show. And, uh, I'm two episodes in by next week. I'll probably be halfway done. If not done with the series, with season two, hopefully that's, I got 20 hours worth of watching to do. Let's see if I can do it. If I can, I'll be talking about it, and I'll talk more in depth. Uh, I'm going to try to probably target this one more as a, a start of it. Hey, the season's looking good, and then the end of the season where I'm going to talk more in depth over the review of the entire season. But so far, it's off to a good start. And next, you know, we were talking about Rick and Morty. This is a Rick and Morty uh, accompaniment series kind of it's on adult swim it's made by warner brothers animation which totally surprised me it takes it takes the art style of scooby-doo mixed with mike tyson huh it's called mike tyson mysteries and is it it called mike tyson mysteries (laughs) he talked it's mike tyson that voices everything so this episode that i caught yeah, he he's well. He's the voice of one character. It's got a it's it, so this is the cast. Okay, so it's really funny, but you got Mike Tyson playing none other than Mike Tyson. You got Norm McDonald, who plays his character instead of Scooby Doo. You got a talking pigeon that oh, is great. that that is foul mouthed <laughs> as all hell, f bombs left and right, and then uh, Rachel Ramos plays young he tyson so plays his daughter and then jim rash plays marquise of queensberry a ghost and in the episode that i watched last night they have to go they there's a guy that calls up and says i need help 
they're about ready to unplug my wife and I want her to come back for Christmas, Christmas, but they're saying everything's fine, but she's just still staying in a coma. Mike Tyson decides that he's going to poison his poison, everybody so that they can be ghosts to go inside the body. And that's, that's the, that's the, so they, you get the poison, they jump inside the body, they go in, they find, <laughs> they find like, it's like a Disney, Disney would hate this. It's like a, it's like a snow white kind of kind of scene oh, and there's <laughs> and they see they, they see the mom and they're like okay now before it they had a teenage boy that was a stepson that was like ah you know i'm not really interested i you know unplug mom whatever you know this is my stepmom i don't care mm-hmm. so mike tyson goes in there and he's like oh what he goes hey why she wants to see her husband that's her husband look how she goes inside the house and she takes her top off Starts crawling on him, and it gets a little uh, risque. Well, then the ghost turns around the side, uh, Marquise, and he goes, uh, that's the stepson. That's the stepson. <laughs> Cue going back in. These are little short episodes. They're like 15, 15 minutes long. Q's going back in. Mike Tyson, the pigeon. Norm MacDonald steals, steals the show, man. He is hilarious as the pigeon. They, they get brought back, you know, oh, they're like, someone poisoned you. And Mike Tyson's like, I don't know who would do that. But I can't I can't do his voice, so. But, I don't know who would do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's just the fact that Mike Tyson is in the cartoon, you know, that's probably the, the funnier part. Well, honestly, but it's Mike Tyson and Norm MacDonald. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, Norm MacDonald, he's gotten weird in his old age, but Mike Tyson has shown that he has a sense of humor. I mean, look back at Hangover. All the hangover yeah, yeah. movies. Now, what's funny about this is at the end he does little quips and he goes he starts talking about his his happy place. And he's like, My happy place would be like asparagus everywhere. Like I'd eat asparagus and then artichoke carts because they make me happy. And but it's in his voice. It's so it just shows a little it shows him in his mystery Mike Tyson mystery jumpsuit talking and it's just so it's just and it's just this fifteen minute episode that happens right after usually like Rick and Morty. And huh. So I've so if you watch Rick and Morty on Adult Swim, usually right after comes Mike Tyson mysteries. <laughs> and the fact that it's a Warner Brothers cartoon, it's just I don't know. It's 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 good. I'm gonna go back and watch more episodes. It made me laugh. Honestly, WB has always had a good sense of humor. You look at they what really they do, what they've put out before. You have the Animaniacs. You have uh, you have the tick, freakazoid, uh, Pinky hysteria, pinky in the brain. Yeah, they had a lot of good shows that had a lot of adult humor. So mm-hmm. if they can actually just like let go and show that adult humor, mm-hmm. why not? Exactly, and that's what that's what this uh, you know this network allows them to do. They can put out some stuff. Now the next up is a movie that I watch at least once a year, if not multiple times. This is my favorite favorite uh, werewolf film, Dog Soldiers. This is from back in two thousand two, but it's from director Neil Marshall. Now, more recent stuff that he also you may know from his would be like The Descent and The Descent Two. Those are also his films. Descent uh, was really he, good. Yeah, well, he so you know he knows how to do creature features. Mm-hmm. Now, the some of the stuff about this. Now, th- he's a lot of the actors that are in this. They're all British actors. Most of them have appeared in Game of Thrones, uh, namely uh, Liam Cunningham, Davos the Onion Knight. Yes, and then also uh, 
Kevin McKidd, who a lot of people don't know who Kevin McKidd is in Game of Thrones because it was only shown him briefly. Kevin McKidd is the king of the White Walkers. Okay. Okay. Because when I, I remember when I it, oh <laughs> sorry slow down here bud <laughs> <laughs> oh she knows what the White Walkers are at least yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah, they so, have a king <laughs> I mean everybody kind of does so yeah yeah it's but, I mean you know even the wildlings have a king so I can't be too shocked there <laughs> <laughs> so dog soldiers it takes place in like this little valley and it's six soldiers against a pack of werewolves and it's british humor along with it like this this stacks up against like the evil dead uh either evil dead films with the humor uh the special effects what's crazy about it is even though it's from 2002 the special effects were done practical instead of uh cg so they actually still stand up much like if you were to watch the practical effects in american werewolf in london they they stand up still to this day because of how well they were done and then the shadow from being filmed that's the same thing with dog soldiers it makes it just a treat to watch anytime one of the cool things is is that it's kind of a hype train thing but they are still in production we don't know when it's going to come out but a sequel is being worked on called Dog Soldiers Fresh Meat. So I'm stoked about that. Hmm. Okay. And like this is a film that I would give 10 out of 10. Like I absolutely love this film. The humor makes me laugh. The action still is there for me. Every time I watch it, I get hyped. See, the thing with me is like early 2000s horror doesn't really cut it too much from my mind but that's just myself maybe i'm a little bit of a snob give 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 dog soldiers a chance just because you know the director you know the mm. director's good at what he does give him a chance this is his one of his early pieces this is like this is like you know you're sam rammy kind of good you you gotta just you just gotta give it a chance he didn't come out you know what sam rammy did sam rammy was started when he was in college yeah you got you got to give this guy, you know, he started then. So you got to give him you got to give him his due. Okay. I, you you listen, you watch this, you come back, I guarantee you you like it. Uh Jeff, you said that you don't really like uh early 2000s horror films. Um I've been actually been watching a lot lately from like mm-hmm. the 2000 to 2006 era and some of them are really good, especially the psychological thriller uh films. Okay. And I'll ha- go ahead and give me a list and I mean, I'll check them out. Yeah, I'll message you later. The cube, the cube films. The cube films are pretty good. Okay. I've not seen them. And of course, back to Saw, early 2000 horror films being phenomenal. So I'm sorry, that is like my new favorite series right now. <laughs> like, it, that they have hit my my top up there with uh, Sinister, which says so. something. I don't like gore. Yeah. So do we have any idea what we're covering next week, guys? You guys got anything? I mean, I know Midnight in Texas will be back. Um Hopefully, going to get into the movie theaters to be able to see uh, the Dark Dark Tower. I, but um, that, that's what on my side of things. So, I have about thirty um, unwatched horror movies now, thanks to my mom and the used uh, DVD store. So, I'm actually looking to see what I might be watching. It looks like a lot of the ones we have right now are uh, early to mid two thousands. Um, 
we watched a newer one recently. Uh, I might talk about that next week because it was okay. a Nick Cage film and it was hmm. surprisingly decent. But yeah, most of the stuff we, I've been watching is uh, older. The stuff that Jeff hates, apparently. It's not that I hate it. It just doesn't sit well with me. That's all I said. Okay, okay. Apparently the stuff that doesn't sit well with Jeff. Um, and then I am planning on finishing season two of The Walking Dead. So stop spoiling stuff for me, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeff, what are you looking at next week? So, uh, my wife and I started two different HBO shows. Uh, we are watching Insecure and also watching the new show Room 104, which is an anthology series. I kind of want to get somebody on the cast watching it with me. Because 104, Room 104, what's it about? It's all you need to know is that it's one one hotel room and it's the stories that happen in that hotel room 1408 okay. style or red light district style it's anthology so it's different people every time okay okay so uh for this in the second episode there was the beak james vanderbeek was in it and uh him and his wife have a really weird fight with the guy who is the young dude from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. And uh, he's just a pizza guy. So it's it's strange and weird, and you're going to feel weird watching it, but it's good. And I, I just... All right, somebody all watch right. it with me. All right, somebody, all right, please. All right. You got me. You okay. got me. Okay. What you came on midnight. You came on Midnight Texas with me. I'll come on to this with you. All right. I can't Deal. really give you. I can't give you a genre because it's anthology. So I, I've only watched two episodes. They're thirty-minute episodes, and it could be different. The third episode, when I watched the trailer, it looked like it could be kind of cultish, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. It. The only thing is, I can say that it's gonna make you feel weird. <laughs> that's that's all I can say so far. But watch it, please. Just watch it. I need more people to watch this with me. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll, you know what? How many episodes are out? Uh, probably three now. Uh, next by next week there will be four. Okay, after the after the podcast, I will put one on. I will watch it, and then I will I will message, and I will prep for next week's podcast to be able to talk about Sounds my good. take on it. There we go. <laughs> so next up, we are going into the hype train. Silver, you're up with Mindhunter on Netflix. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen the trailer for that yet? Nope. Yes. They just revealed it la- last week. Mm-hmm. Early last week. Um, it's uh, their new original series. It's coming out October 13th. It is about a pair of um, agents from the FBI Elite Serial Crime Unit, and they are basically trying to understand serial killers you know it's like now we understand at least some about them um but this is set in uh the late 70s uh 77 if you look at the issue of a uh, time magazine that's uh briefly shown in the trailer required a lot of going back and that pausing. one i was just gonna say that's some super sleuth right there yeah i i was very curious so it took a lot of pausing and rewinding and yelling at my computer but um it, they t- i know that in the um trailer they show like charles manson and and uh just like a photo so i don't know like if there's any like big names are going to be talking to but it a lot of the trailer is the 
the rest of the FBI being like, look, you can't understand these people. There's, you're wasting your time. And they're like, no, no, we're going to get to the bottom of this, figure out how they think so we could try to prevent this stuff in the future. I think it looks really, really cool. Um, Minority report status almost. I think that it kind of, that it kind of looks like it's a series take on making of a serial killer right that's kind of what i thought and um, the one thing that i'm like really excited to see is the main character uh was in glee and he is also known as Christoph in frozen uh jesse oh, wow. st james okay okay uh yeah. is he all jesse st james is that the guy that was uh also in ha- uh hamilton i am not 100 percent sure I'm I just looked this up, up real a, quick. Yeah, I just looked up his films, but uh, when I saw he was known for Frozen and Glee, I was like, it might be interesting to see this guy in this kind of a role, especially because um, he's up next to uh, Holt uh, McCallany. Yep, that's it, who I thought it was. Jonathan yeah, the, Groff. Yeah, um, he's with Holt McCallany, and he's been in Sully, Blue Bloods, uh, two separate CSI series. So he's used to this kind of a, a genre, kind of a setting. So I'm really curious to see how uh, Jonathan will kind of go in uh, into that kind of setting. It looks really good. And it I'm does. usually the not talented. the one to jump into a series as it starts. As you know, I put everything off. This one I am very excited about. Well, it's Netflix. You can binge it like you like to. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, they need to give me a date for uh, season three of Fuller House before I lose my mind. Anyway. That is a guilty pleasure. I Going back and watching that stuff, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I'll admit. So next up, we got our, you know, we keep getting, last week we talked, we've been talking a lot about the Deadpool stuff going on. Last week we talked about Deadpool, Deadpool. Two. God, I keep. I always mess that up. Oh god, it's like Baby Ruth. <laughs> but uh, so this week we're gonna do still a little talk. Uh, they revealed Cable, and he looked Josh Brolin as Cable, and he looks badass. Yeah. If if you guys have not seen the pictures of. Josh Brolin is Cable. Do yourself a service and go look at it. Go look it up. You can type it in anywhere and it will pop up. The like, you know, Foxes has a history of not necessarily of taking some characters and kind of not doing them as just the justice that they they should. Cable has been done to a T perfection. It is amazing. The cybernetic virus that he was infected with looks amazing. Like it just the 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 eye, just everything. This is the son of Cyclops, and he is here to kick ass. And I cannot wait to see Josh Brolin do just that. Yeah, I, I spent high school reading the comics, and so when I saw that picture, I was like. Yeah, I was a 14-year-old girl again. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. That's been the, you know, the talk of the week around my house is uh, Cable. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and the thing is, we it's not like this is a one-and-done thing. We're going to get X-Force. So Cable is, is going to be on our screens for many years to come. And it's just, it's awesome. It's it's an awesome, awesome addition to the Deadpool-verse. And I'm just going to call it the Deadpool-verse because... Ryan Reynolds. It's the mutant verse, but Ryan Reynolds, the way he does things is he 
he pushes that line of blending it with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I'm going to make these things look just like the S.H.I.E.L.D. carriers that crash because it is a S.H.I.E.L.D. carrier that crashed, but it's just going to look just a little bit different so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> but yet, we're still in the same universe. That's, I mean, that's what he did. I mean, that's what Deadpool, that's what the first Deadpool did. You know, it's going to be a lot more references because that's what he does. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be a fun ride. Next, we're going on a hype train. The Annabelle creation, the prequel that we've all been wanting to see. The prequel to the prequel? The prequel to the prequel, yes. But it is the creation of Annabelle's. So we get to actually, is that a thing? I guess that's a thing now. Yeah, Yeah. pre-prequel. It's which is oh this is this is cool because this is another film that takes place in the conjuring universe mm-hmm. and you know we can talk about universes all we want this is a good one this is a really good universe because this is all based off of artifacts that the warrens have collected over the years and they're real people they have a real museum of this stuff that's all creepiness so the fact that this is actually a thing I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it because it like almost it's we know that it's fictitious to a point, but at the same time, the making and stuff of this doll is part of history in a, in a sense because it is all stuff that they've researched. So it's almost like you're watching a biopic when and you're going to see your horror film. It's it's a real it's a real kind of interesting space that they're in with this series. That's what I love about the films, uh, about the Warrens, you know, the old Amityville uh, films and uh, The Conjuring. There's a certain amount of truth to them, so that I think that makes them creepier. But even as a work of fiction, they're phenomenal movies. They really are. And and The, the, the Conjuring are, that... are. Okay, yeah. The, the Conjuring are. The Amityville ones, not the best, but I, I still enjoyed them. But um, and what I thought was interesting um, when I, I was uh, reading up on it earlier, uh, the film, as of this recording, is released tomorrow, but it is already getting better reviews than the first Annabelle. Yeah, and that's just like my my family. We we love the Conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. We loved Annabelle. We are. I mean, if I didn't work tomorrow, tomorrow. Totally be going to see it. Probably going to have to hold off until Monday, Tuesday to go see this. But that is something that I'll be definitely be talking about next week. So I know we have to see it. We will. We might see it sometime before next week. Um, if not, uh, we'll definitely see it sometime soon. So we'll be able to talk about it because I'm super Sweet. excited. And as I mentioned uh, earlier during the uh, precast, uh, it is directed by the same guy that did Lights Out, which I loved. That was, uh, I think I watched that one last month. I borrowed it from my brother-in-law. That one was a great film. So right. that that made me more excited because I, I've already seen, you know, just one, like, outstanding movie uh, from this guy. So I'm like, this is awesome. And then uh, it actually stars the little girl from Ouija Origin of Evil, which is another one that I watched recently and really enjoyed. So I'm really, really excited about this. Mike Flanagan is my my dog <laughs> unfortunately he's not directing this one but uh, at least needs, one of his little stars stuff. is yeah because she was she was great in uh origins of evil she creeped me the hell out i'll tell you that much yeah yeah uh, yeah i'm very excited to see her in uh this one because 
I'm excited for this in general because like Annabelle was good, but it, and they kind of talk about like you know what happened and the story behind the doll. I think just like actually placing a story to the face is gonna be pretty awesome. So I, I'm getting a kick out. I'm getting a real kick out out of this episode because I mean it's there's a lot of horror involved in this. That is my fault. Sorry, not sorry. Well, it's okay because I would have put this in anyway. The next up we have it. So something about it, what's been crazy is a lot of the takes have been done in one take. They didn't like the kids. They didn't know when they were filming. They would go into the scene and they'd ha- be told he's in here. Oh God! <laughs> they say they don't tell him where it's at. Like there's so many cutscenes where they show him where the kids start crying because they didn't. They, so with this, this oh, no. really follows. The, this really follows no. the books, right? Yeah. So that's real fear. Oh, <laughs> I feel so, so bad for them. <laughs> so they got like they didn't tell them. Like they they knew what some of the some of the costumes looked like. But they knew that they were going to have to face the different forms of it. One being a wolfman. One being a rotten clown, which is really in the books when Stephen King explained it was just ter- Like when I read it, it was terrifying. Like it, like I'm like, this is disgusting. Like I would love to see this on film. <laughs> and now we're going to get to. Well, that scene in particular, when they see the rotten thing, the kids don't know it. And they go into a space and it shows up and... The, the all that showed in the YouTube video was the after effect of them just crying because of how horrifying the scene was. Like they they go in, they're trying to act, and then it's not acting anymore. It's real fear. That's that so is so sad. mean. But oh, the water scene, the water scene when they show the preview and he comes up out of the water. They knew he was in the water. They didn't know that he had a scuba tank on underneath the water and how long it's gonna take for the juice to pop up to scare him. Oh. Okay, so I'm sorry, Fouts, you're going to have to bleep this, but that is going to f*** up some child actors. Like, seriously, <laughs> holy crap. That kid is so nice. The guy that's in, uh, the kid that's also in Stranger Things, that kid is so nice, but he's going to be a really messed up adult now. It's okay, you know, because if you look at him, and he looks an awful lot, like uh, Marilyn Manson, so it's all right. We, he, he can go. He go into music. He'll be good. He'll be the second coming of Manson. <laughs> oh, no, God. then I guess it works out. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, the idea of how they filmed it and they wanted to scare. Now it's going to work really well with this cast. I'm curious that in the sequel, how that takes place with the adult half how they're going to record that. I mean, adults get scared too, but you're going to have to really really do it right to scare adults in a situation. Whereas a child goes into a situation, no matter how, how grown up they are, they're going to get afraid. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, gonna... I'm sorry. Adults will put on the face like, Oh yeah, I'm not scared, but I don't care who you are. A clown or a wolf man jumps out at you. You're going to scream like a little child or at least punch it. It's one of those two. <laughs> so, Either that actor, uh, Little Skarsgård, is going to get punched in the face, or <laughs> he's going to scare the crap out of everybody. Yeah, we've all yeah. seen those haunted uh, house videos where everybody's like screaming and hitting the uh, actors by mistake. Oh, I love Halloween. 
Yes. The house that October built. <laughs> that was a good film. It was amazing. Yes, it really scared me. I didn't like it. <laughs> they start hunting people. <laughs> but no, it, it's yeah, the it is going like that now this is the thing, is is that it is really it's doing well with the critics that have seen it. But I'm worried that this being a Stephen King film, I'm worried about it suffering the same effect that The Dark Tower is getting right now. And I don't want that to happen because I've been waiting for this film for so long. But the factor of the child actors who they have playing in it, I feel that that will draw enough people in. Like the fans of Stranger Things, I feel, will, will come into this film just because of just because of that fact i'm gonna give a shout out to our buddy matt johnson uh (laughs) he gave this a review uh from just watching the trailer when uh nerdentials covered it a while back Mm -hmm. and he said just from the trailer that he was not going to see this movie and the reason why he was not going to see it was because it was too accurate to the book that's see the book is terrifying. Yes, the book is so terrifying, and that to me, that's because of how accurate that this looks. That's why I'm all in because, like, I, I did a I did a report, uh, a college paper that was a comparison to Stephen King films to their their movies and made for TV movies, and so I did a comparison between what they were able to take and they made. Granted, it was made for TV. And I did a comparison between the two. And even though that that was made for TV, Tim Curry did an excellent job. Like, he frightened people and made children scared of clowns for years and years to come. Generations have been, like, have been terrified by that. Um, One thing, I think it's super interesting that uh, it is going to be two films, kind of like how the made-per-TV uh, movies were uh, split into two. I'm just hoping that they don't make the same mistake and make the second half a lot worse than the first half. Because, like, with the um, 1990 version, the first half is great. You know, it's it's creepy, it's interesting. Like you said, Tim Curry is amazing. And the second half uh, just peters off. So I, I'm just hoping that the when the sequel does come out, they'll play it out better. Cause it's just not to not to mention the casting. I wasn't too thrilled with the casting for the adults. The kids were great. I'm really excited about the 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 um the uh cast for the uh, children in the new one. Same here. So next up. We're going to move over into Avengers 4 being called the, like, it doesn't have a name yet. They're, the, 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 they're talking about Avengers 4. They're showing as the glove, which is supposed to be the gauntlet before the CG is added to it. And they're saying it's the beginning of the end. Hmm. That's what they're, they're saying about it right now. They're saying it, and they're saying it as if it's the beginning of the end for the current cinematic universe. That is what it's being taken taken by taken by on the internet right now, which is kind of kind of interesting because like all it is is it shows the glove and then they show like some pictures of Captain America and some of the other other Avengers in it. it it's it's kind of like I mean it, it's 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 a gloomy a gloomy feel, but at the same time, 
it almost makes me excited to see what direction they're going to go. Because Disney's not stupid. They're going to keep as many actors as they can. You know, they're going to also, but they also know that new toys sell. So they're going to want to bring as many new characters in as they can. So it, it's going to be, it, it's it's a it's a market. Right now, Avengers 4 is a marketing game. It's going to be, what can we do to make you feel lost? But what can we do to make you also be ready for the next, you know, the next expansion of the universe, which we know is going to be like Miss Marvel. Like, I really think that we're going to lose Tony. Mm-hmm. I think that, oh, yeah. I think that Tony, I think that Tony's going to, I think Stark is going to be either. He's going to like, he's going to go out heroically and, and he's going to sacrifice himself or he's going to get killed. And that's, what's going to cause everybody else to rally to defeat Thanos. Because it's mm-hmm. usually supposed to be Cap that gets killed and everybody rallies. Exactly. So but maybe that would gonna, work. Well, it's also the, the, the fact is is that is that Chris Evans has stated that he wants to still play Captain America. He was going to quit playing Captain America and go into just directing and stuff, but he wants to stay because he loves the character so much. And we know Robert Downey Jr. wants out. Mm-hmm. So, and it, the last Iron Man movie, like, really, really heavily implied that he was on his way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a huge and, Captain and, America fan, so as long as uh, Evans is here to stay <laughs> for a while, I'm good. I don't think well, that I, Evans is done, too, though. Mm-hmm. No, Chris Chris said that he wants to, Chris Evans says that he's not, like, this last interview he did was stating that he is, he's feeling like the Logan thing, like he's willing to play it for as long as he can. Yeah. Okay. Was... All right. right because like just a while ago, he was like, "I'm done." I know. That's I know. That's what I was saying. Is like he's wishy washy. So yeah. we don't. Basically, what's going to happen is if the money's there, he's going to stay. We know this. You know, he's he's going to follow where his where you know he's going to still as if he's allowed to go do his artsy movies that he just did, like The Gifted, things like that. He's going to do that. But if he's got the cash cow going here, why you know? Why take the mouth off the teat if you're getting all the money? Robert mm-hmm. Downey has just made it so, like, he was the guy that started it for him. So yeah. he doesn't want to do it anymore, but he said, basically, either you give me more money or I'm out, and they've given him more money every single time. So True. Well, it's like even, um, I finally saw Spider-Man Homecoming this week. Even then, um, Stark in general just you get a vibe like I'm done with this, you know, the way he treats Peter and the way Downey just kind of presents himself. You it can was, tell he's just done. Well, you can tell that it was like he was excited to get him in the Iron Spider so that he can pass it on and be like, yes, you are the new Iron Man. Only you're Spider-Man, Iron Spider. Do you think that they're going to try to keep uh, the predecessor and maybe go like the new iteration of Iron Man where it's the... I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. And they'll just keep that under wraps for a while. Yep. And yeah. then I just out of nowhere, just pop it up. And so they can still keep Iron Man and still have a storyline going and bring in a young person that could still be with like Tom Holland and follow that storyline and continue to grow with him and be in there forever because Tom Holland is young enough that he could do this for a very long time. And yeah. I just want to throw in Tom Holland was phenomenal. Yes, I love Tom was. Holland. He really was. I He's ranted perfect. and raved about this movie. I think that it's great. I think it's the best Spider-Man that they have ever done. Uh, and even though 
2 is still rated higher by a percent, but two, uh, Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire's one, that one's still rated higher, but this one felt like a Peter Parker movie, and that's what we needed. We didn't need another Spider-Man movie. Exactly. We needed a Peter Parker exactly. movie, and right. so it filled that spot that needed to be filled. And you couldn't beat the ending, you know? What the? F- yes. <laughs> <laughs> So lastly, on the hype train, we're going to talk about Westworld Season 2 gets three new faces, one of which is just, I mean, he's the scene stealer himself. We got Gustav Skarsgård. So he's going from Vikings. Gustav Skarsgård. So he's coming in for, he's going to be playing a role. We also have uh, Fair Fairs. Uh, from the uh, the Get Out, or uh, uh, Betty, actress Betty Gabriel, will also be joining in the second season. Skarsgård plays Carl Strand, a white collar guy comfortable in the field, while Ferris will play a tech expert with both servings or serving and as a series regulars. Gabriel will reoccur in a role in Westworld employees trying to restore order on the ground. The trio joined the newcomers, including Katja Herberts as a regular. Jonathan Tucker and Nell Jackson in reoccurring roles. And the first season reoccurring actors, Lules Hertham and Tallulah Riley, who have become now upgraded to regulars for season two. So these guys. Westworld, I'm, I'm sorry, continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. As I say, Westworld recently began production on its second season ahead of an early 2018 premiere. The fact that this article says early 2018, I don't see that because they said that it was going to be two year intervals. I don't see an early 2018 premiere being there, but if they can, if they can get it all out in early 2018, I'm ready because I love Westworld. Back to yeah, you. Yeah, like, honestly, okay, so I'm looking at these actors now, and I was hoping that we would get some more, like, Shogun-looking things, and maybe we will, and maybe they're just keeping that thank close you, to the guest. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, because we know that we know that there's Shogun. We also know that there's there's Rome. We know that there's future world. There's all these different worlds, and they have said, the showrunners have said, that over the course of the series, we will be introduced to those other worlds. So it won't always just be Westworld. But yes, yes, thank you. I would greatly appreciate them to go there. We do know that they will appear there at some point because that is where, uh, oh, and I'm pulling a blank on a char- on her character's name, uh, the character that... Like basically started the whole uprising. Oh, um, you're not talking about um, Dolores, but you're talking about not Dolores, not no the uh, the matron, right? Yes, yeah, she is. Just a second. It's, it's, it's names on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. I'm pulling it up. Pulling it up. <laughs> Give me. This a one is still uh, in my queue, but since there's only one season so far, we're. No, you need to start watching it. Oh, you need you, you need, need to get to a, start watching. You need to you, get. Do you want me to watch Game of Thrones or not? Maeve. Make up your mind, guys. <laughs> All right, get, watch Game of Thrones first, Maeve then get Millie. on this. Yes, her daughter's her character's daughter, supposedly is in Shogun, so she's going back there. If I if I remember correctly from from our when we were doing the teardown of the yes, when does season two come out? The, it's all up in the air. It was supposed to be like 
the towards the end of 2018, but they are saying that it's going to be an early 2018 premiere. Oh, so I've still so, got plenty of time to finish Game of Thrones and then watch season oh one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, awesome. You got plenty, plenty of time. Yeah, and you you will like this. You like Game of Thrones, you're gonna really like the depth that we go into that we went into on our past episodes when we talked about it. We really we we brought and the thing is is our theories majority of them came to fruition. It was not not you know to pat my pat my own back. Now, actually, I did I did say that this was the last thing, but uh, I forgot we needed to talk about Jigsaw. Yeah, we're f- coming full circle. We started with Saw, and we're ending with Saw. Like, this has been my mind for the last week, so I am very, very excited. It comes out October 27th. Um, we have totally new directors. Big shock. They've, you know, been through, what, three different sets of directors? Um, but this time, it's actually uh, two directors they're uh, brothers from Germany. They're not really known for anything. The only like title I've, I'm actually f- somewhat familiar with that they've done was Piranha 3D, which does not make me very um, excited. Yeah, I, 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 I like Piranha 3D. Um, I like Piranha. One of the brothers also did Good Luck Chuck, and I'm like, you're going from Good Luck Chuck to Piranha and Saw, okay, but I like Good Luck Chuck too. <laughs> the tra- <laughs> but the trailer for Jigsaw looks. I mean, it's already the trailer alone is a thousand times better than uh, the final chapter was. You know, like <laughs> yeah, very true. like oh my god, like except for that ending, like we said earlier, that one was just not good. But Jigsaw looks phenomenal. Uh, the one thing that um, is getting me is, of course, he even says in the trailer. They're finding all this evidence um, that it's John Kramer behind all the murders, but he's been dead for a decade. Um, what's got me curious is the taglines. Of course, one of them, that, them is A New Game Begins. They're, they always have a tagline like that. But uh, three of them are, Are you worthy? Become Jigsaw, and his legacy becomes you. And so Become Jigsaw was the one that really, like kind of uh, it just made me curious uh, like it's a search like it's it's america's got talent only now it's become jigsaw yeah like do you want to play a game like oh my god let's uh call in and vote you know it's and uh the poster ryan seacrest the, ryan seacrest is a killer i'm telling you right now it's ryan seacrest he's all he gets everything he's the new jigsaw he's the killer i believe it i believe it um the poster i think is interesting too because each poster has some sort of severed limb um i think my favorite is probably four where it's half of kramer's head in a scale Uh, but uh this one is just the pig mask which by the way scares the living hell out of me like clowns don't bother me you know jigsaw and and billy the puppet don't bother me but the pig mask freaks the hell out of me especially in the first couple films oh god i do not like the pig mask so the poster and the taglines are what really have caught my attention because the seventh one really ties it up but in a way you could see how it could play off of the seventh one but with the taglines and stuff i don't i think it's going to go in a different direction and I'm, i'm really excited to uh, see what it's about. I'm not sure if I'm going to see it in theaters because um, I can be a little squeamish, um, even for as much as I loved the other ones. But at, at the very least, I will wa- uh, watch it as soon as it hits DVD and uh, bug you. I'll, you know, I'll bug you guys about it. So <laughs> I, I'm pretty excited. Um, and the only 
they've been keeping the cast pretty hush-hush, so of course the only returning face that we know of is Tobin Bell, who plays John Kramer. He was in all of them because of flashbacks, hallucinations, all that good stuff. So I'm pretty excited to see where they go with this. Um, I do know a little bit about it, but I don't want to say because it's definitely a spoiler, but I think it's going to be pretty cool. There's a key in front of your eye. <laughs> in your eye. Nope, in front of it. Jigsaw screwed up. It's right here. Oh, thanks, so Jigsaw. I'm back gone. to the iPhone thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we're going to close up with this one and get into our our next podcast. So first off, we're going to do our sign-off. Email, you can get it. Reach us at geekologist at ninjapancake.com. Twitter, at geekologistradio, minus the T for character restrictions. On the web at geekologistradio.com or www.ninjapancake.com. And, Jeff, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at thejeffberry. That is T-H-E-G-E-O-F-F-B-A-R-R-Y. That is my name. Uh, you can also <laughs> find me on another podcast called the Nerdentials Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud, Google, Nerdentials. You'll see it. And uh, here, Paul and I, we're finally going to start putting some stuff on this channel. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, you should probably see next week, or actually this week, because future, but this week there <laughs> should be some stuff coming onto the stream, or uh, onto the feed, so thumbs up. Very cool. I'm pretty excited to join you guys for that one. Yeah, it'll be nice. And Silver, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Silver SilverSoulX10. Uh, you can find me on rectifygaming.com. I write articles and reviews on video games, and I also do a podcast with Rectify Gaming. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. Find me on Rectify Gaming. Excuse me, doing some articles and stuff on there. And when I can get the when I get the opportunity to be on Rectify Games podcast as well. And with that, we're gonna go out of this with Chris style. We are meow. <laughs> <laughs>